Welcome to the God Pod. I'm your host of hosts, the good lord with the most, the one and only almighty God. Thank you for joining us as we attempt to restore order to the multiverse. Don't forget to subscribe. It's free. You can subscribe right now. Do it. Do it, damn you. I'm, I'm commanding you. Okay. I'm here with the God Squad. How's it going, gang? Hello, Dad. I, uh, I'm fine. Uh, happy Hanukkah tonight, by the way. Let me just get oh, that yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Moses. Hanukkah. That's Thank right. You. Thank you. We, we finally figured out when it started. Right. <laughs> right. <It's> tonight. <laughs> tonight. Correct. Tonight. All right. <laughs> High hopes for the first gift. Um, and how about you, Holy Spirit? I'm good. Happy Hanukkah tonight is my favorite Hanukkah song. <laughs> oh, uh, really? Is it? <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Happy right. Hanukkah tonight. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Moses knows. Big news, gang. Big news. I, I got an email today. We're number one in Qatar. Whoa. <laughs> oh, no. That's pretty cool, right? We should go tour there one day. John Cleese just performed there. Now we're, we're number one. Is that, is that a joke? Are you being serious? No, I'm serious. Wow. You, who emailed you that? Was it a Nigerian prince who emailed it? To you? No, it's like podcaststats.com wants me to use their thing. Yeah, I don't like, think so. That's five bucks a month. I'm not doing it. But anyway, um, hello, Qatar. They're your not government listening. Is, is, no. Your government is very rich and in no way extremely problematic. Um, we have a big show today and an awesome guest. And with no further ado, let's get to that. Our guest today is David Goodman. David Goodman has written multiple Star Trek books, beginning with Federation, the first 150 years, the autobiography for Jean-Luc Picard, the autobiography of James T. Kirk, and many others. He's written for The Golden Girls, Dream On, Wings, and has even written video games. Yes. And when it comes to animation, he's been a writer-producer for Lego Batman, Futurama, and of course, Family Guy. And he's currently the executive producer of The Orville which of course is as close as you can get to Star Trek right now, and it's amazing. Agree. I love this show. I've seen every episode. So finally, he's uh, he's in his second term as the president of the Writers Guild of America. Welcome to the God Pod, David. Thanks. I was just, you know, literally while I was sitting here looking up the history of Jews in Qatar. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was like, is this, I, I don't know anything about Qatar. And yeah. uh, I, I did, I'm wondering if anybody's celebrating Hanukkah there. I know that it's spelled with a Q. Is that correct? That's all I know about it. Right, right. Suspicious. We have fans mostly in the the USA, UK, Canada, and Australia. So hello to all of you as well. (laughs) But, you know, I wouldn't say we're number one because the competition's pretty pretty fierce. Well, it's also like (laughs) how many people are listening to podcasts in Qatar, too. That's the other. Like, are there like, like, is this the only one they let through? My mistake, or like, is that like, uh, because it's God? They're like, oh, we don't want to piss off God, or yes, yes, one one must assume. I, this, this no, I don't mean to neg you. Yeah, this this couldn't possibly uh, end badly. Um, so, David, David Goodman, a good man. That's it's a great last name, isn't it? Uh, no, it's awful. When you're a kid, that is a terrible last name. Yeah, hey, why is that? Hey, bad man. Yeah, oh. hey, yeah, it's terrible. It was like, I think oh. I think we should change to good mensch. Any any oh. any last name that's an actual word, I think is just you know that's <laughs> yeah, no a, matter, that has meaning. That's like it was. No the matter only where kid, you go, they get you. The only kid who had a harder time was Kenny Weiner. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kenny Weiner. Well, thank me for him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with so David with a resume like this. I should be more successful is what you're about to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, I got it. I get it. I should be more successful. I get it. More successful. I mean, I, I totally impressed. It's just, there's so many different. Um, and you're God I'm, and you're impressed. I'm, that's, I'm yeah, very impressed. Yeah. You, you have done something beautiful for God. All of these shows I have watched and love even dream on. Yeah, um, <laughs> a little no- Dream on is not even allowed on like the streaming services for some reason. Um, <laughs> but it was great, and we remember. I'm curious where this all began for you. Uh, were you always thinking of being a writer? Uh, no, I I grew up in a family of people who were not working in Hollywood. I lived in, I grew up in a suburb of of New York City, New Rochelle, New York, and uh, my mother was a social worker and. My dad and they were divorced. My dad was a, a professor of psychology, and the idea of of being a writer was, um, you know, just not even something anybody would have considered. And I thought I was going to be a lawyer or, 
or a failed academic. I mean, I was going to be something like that. And, and uh, well, that's what that's what all the men in my family ended up being were failed right. academics. And sometime in college, I went to the University of Chicago, and and while I was there, I met this guy. His name was Jeremiah Boskang, and he was we became friends. And and Jeremiah was like the first person I had met who worked in uh, Hollywood. He had worked for David Letterman. And it literally opened my mind to that as a possibility because I'd always been interested in television and movies. I mean, I watch I watch five hours of television a day. I mean, that is not right. an exaggeration. And yeah, um, I mean, what was there to do back in the day? There was, there was no nothing. Twitter. You could, <laughs> you could go outside and get bullied if you wanted. Uh, yeah. Those were your options. Good and, man. Good man. <laughs> exactly. And uh, and so. Uh, it was it was around then I was around a junior in college and it sort of started to percolate in my mind. Maybe this is maybe this is a possibility. Anyway, after I graduated college, I moved back to New York. Was living at home and uh, I needed a job so I didn't have to live at home anymore. And uh, the publishing industry is based in New York, and I ended up getting a job as an assistant at uh, Simon and Schuster, the publisher. And this led, this is a circuitous route, but it led to a job as an assistant at a television production company because the job that I had was in the subsidiary rights department. And that's like selling rights uh, to foreign publishers, but also to movies and television. So all the producers would want to be calling me to get copies of manuscripts of books, and I would sneak them to them, creating mm -hmm. my own sort of network. And then they, they one of them hired me. Wow. And as an assistant. And um, again, I'm just be, I'm basically a secretary for these people. I, I, I typed pretty well and otherwise was a terrible assistant. And um, <laughs> and uh, ended up at this production company and where this writer, a woman by the name of Gloria Banta, who had been a sitcom writer in the 70s, was now based in New York and was trying to develop shows out of New York. And I became her assistant. Mm. And she submitted scripts that I wrote with a partner in 1988. She's she submitted these scripts to the producers of the Golden Girls, and they and they hired us. I mean, wow. it, it was really heady. I was 25 and went from being, you know, essentially secretary to being a writer on a top 10 television show. It was wow. timeless it, classic. It wow. was nuts. And then the next year they fired me. So a perfect <laughs> Hollywood story, right? <laughs> Was it was it because of Betty White? Was she the one that got that fired you? No, the Betty is amazing. We were my partner and I were the the new guys on the staff, and 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 we were uh, first year we did quite well, and the second year we didn't do quite well. We got fired, and we didn't know we didn't really get to know the actors that well. And again, mm -hmm. they were icons. I mean, I'm literally right. on the stage with these with these yeah. actors, Betty wow. and and. And B and, and and Rue and they're they're, they're yeah. iconic. They're just amazing. So I was scared to talk to them. And, right, of course. <laughs> and then Betty, a few years ago, came in to record a voice for Family Guy. Oh, and wow. she pretended to remember me. Somebody must <laughs> have told her. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> must have told her. You know, David Goodman wrote for Gold because because then I went over to introduce myself. I was one of the executive producers. I came, Betty. I want to thank you for doing this. <laughs> And I don't know if you remember. Of course, I remember you from the Golden Girls. And I'm like, no fucking way. That's incredible. She has to do that all the time, right? You can remember right. it. It's, it was 25 years ago. There's no way. Of course, I remember you. Well, maybe she does. Maybe she did. I, I, I don't. I don't see. I, we maybe had one conversation. Anyway, what a nice uh, person. But so sweet. Yeah. So great. Such a such a uh, look up. If you look up Family Guy, Betty White, the, her bit is. It's yeah. it's very funny. It's, it's a very funny yeah. bit. Yeah. What what was that writing environment like on the Golden Girls? Was it similar to the classic? Everyone sits in a room together and throws around ideas and see what works. No, no. Uh, so the 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 Golden Girls when we got there, my partner and I joined in the fourth season. And there was a there were four showrunners, which is very unusual. Two oh, two wow. teams, two teams working together running the show. Kathy Spear, Terry Grossman were one team. They were a married couple. And then Mort Nathan and Barry Fennaro were the others. And they had their own room. And it was such a well-oiled machine that basically writers would go into that room and they, you would, you would uh, break your story with them. 
and then you go off and write your script and then they would take it and either they would rewrite it or they'd hand off pieces to other writers to rewrite. And, and then uh, we would have our table read and these scripts, I mean, again, that first season, I mean, that I was there, that there was there was maybe one table read that didn't work. Every other every, of twenty five episodes, they were all like hilarious, and but there would be individual jokes that didn't work. So then you'd go off to your office, whether you're writing by yourself or with your partner, and the the showrunners would say, "Okay, this joke on page five, we need some some alts for that, and th- this joke on page." Four, you know, 10, we need some alts for that. And you would go off and you'd work on your own pitches and then you almost literally slip them under the door of their office. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not literally that, but that's how it felt. Um, <laughs> and then you didn't find out if they picked your joke until the next day at the run through. And it was always so exciting to, to suddenly see that your joke was coming out of, uh, you know, Betty, Betty's mouth or piece. <laughs> And obviously you'd have uh, your showrunners, but was there some sort of feeling that, you know, the actresses themselves would have kind of like "Ah, that worked or that didn't work? Would it kind of be their final, you know what I mean? Kind of their final saying? No, I mean, that's the thing about the four of them. Very, very rarely did they ever have an objection to anything. These these four actors Mm -hmm. were such pros and had so much trust of the writers and vice versa. The writers all knew, you know, you, you want, you, you write your joke, you write your line. And if it comes out to be Arthur's mouth, it's not your line anymore. It's hers. <laughs> and, and so there was trust. There was an enormous amount of trust. There was, there was very, you know, very, they'd have questions sometimes, you know, and, and the director by the guy, by the name of Terry Hughes, had such a good relationship, both the writers and the actors, that that there really weren't any of the sort of the politics that you hear um, on other shows. These actors, you know, they trusted. And, you know, the writers knew, you know, the writers were sensitive. There were, you know, <laughs> yeah. sometimes issues and the writers would change what they did for the actors. They didn't, you know, they didn't, they had respect for them. And, you know, they, so it, it really... It really was something. I mean, I, I wow. for, for, as a first job, it's just that's amazing. Creatives being sensitive. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> it does and, take a lot of trust. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. And then the, those showrunners left after that season, and new showrunners came in, and they didn't like me and my partner, and they fired us. So wow. Well, you still you always get to say you wrote on the Golden Girls. I do. Well, everybody says it for me. I, I don't actually. <laughs> <laughs> it seems so. Uh, to, let, yeah. Let's talk about your love for Star Trek. When did that begin? That started in uh, sixth grade, fifth grade. Uh, it was on WPIX Channel 11 in New York, six o'clock every night, five nights a week, sometimes six nights. And this was before VCRs. Actually, the audience might not even know what a VCR is. Uh, VCR <laughs> was, was the thing before DVRs. Yes. Uh, so, and this was before either of those. And so you, if you wanted to watch something, you That's better right. watch it or you're going to miss it. And you got to turn WPIX on at yeah. the right hour. And uh, so I, I became this kind of religious Star Trek fan. Oh, was it, so was, did Star Trek become your religion? I mean, essentially, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, I mean, that's cool. I mean, the Jew, Jehovah, the Jew thing is, you know, it's fine, but yeah, yeah, but I can't compete with Captain Kirk and I mean, Captain Picard. I mean, I mean really, no. What, what is your? I, I love Star Trek. I love Star Wars. Do you prefer one over the other? Well, I mean, you know, I certainly enjoy Star Wars too. I mean, when Star Wars came out in 1977, I was. 13 and and it, <laughs> it really hit me in a like you know like I, it, did age, they yeah. make this movie just for me it feels yeah. like this it feels like this movie was made just for me um <laughs> right. i mean and uh but i'm a big i'm a giant star trek fan i mean i've literally been a star trek fan since i was 10 right so what is your favorite do you have a favorite series or is that impossible well ri- original series uh is i i think about and i'm just gonna get like now talking as a as a television producer, if you look at the original series, it's an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, given a whole bunch in of so things. many ways, in so yeah. many ways, like it's 1966, they're yeah. creating this sense of not just this spaceship, but this 
world of the Federation. I always say that like Nimoy's portrayal of Spock. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's so underestimated what he did. There for most of the series, you see one Vulcan. I mean, there are a couple episodes where you see some others, but for the most part, it's Spock. And yet he convinces you with his acting that there's a planet of these people. Wow. Yeah. That's the other thing too. So it's a, it's brilliantly cast. And I think Shatner's, you know, great. I, I just love Bill Shatner. Yeah. I mean, and, and just to how daring it was to portray this vision of a world where everybody comes together and right. Absolutely. Racial harmony. There was, you know, I think um, first interracial kiss yes, on the show. Right. Although if you watch the kiss, their, their lips aren't actually touching. Really? Yeah. And then obviously of the Star Trek movies, Star Trek 2, Wrath of Khan, right? I mean, come on. Well, I would think since, since you were in Star Trek 5. I hated that movie. Ah. <laughs> that was a weak one. Now, now everybody's like, God, why do you need a starship? Why do you need a starship? Yeah, yeah it's like, it's don't like you know? Aren't the, you yeah, God? The, the uh. universe is cold. Hello, and I get tired from flying. <laughs> oh, you actually have a you actually have a reason. That's, that's of course. Cool. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to be in the hot tub sipping bubbly across right. the universe no. at warp ten? Uh, so, um, but uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, so yeah, it just sort of and and at some point I got the opportunity. Well, I got the opportunity to write the Futurama episode I wrote. Oh. I mean, I joined that staff in the fourth season. It was very funny because it wasn't my turn to write a script and they were starting to talk about this Star Trek episode that they wanted her to do. And it became very clear to David Cohen, the showrunner that in this room of Star Trek fans and most of everybody in that room were Star Trek fans. I was the biggest. So I got to write that episode. <laughs> and uh, it really, uh, it was funny because we, we just watched uh, Mank. Yeah. And uh, in, I don't know if you guys saw Mang. I haven't checked that out yet. Well, he's got a broken leg while he's got to write Citizen Kane. And right. it's very similar to me writing my Futurama episode because I sprained my ankle and I had oh. to write. So I was telling my wife and son who, you know, laughed at me because this is very similar when I was writing my masterpiece. <laughs> with, I'm, yes, you're just basically like Citizen Kane. Just like Citizen Kane, you know, <laughs> my Futurama episode, I had a, Anyway. It is for us. It is for yeah. us, David. And I'm curious uh, for for many writers. Uh, some of the best advice is to you know write for yourself, like write what makes you laugh or what moves you or what scares you. So working on Family Guy with Seth MacFarlane is that difficult to keep that balance of writing for yourself, but also writing for what Seth may want from you? Well, I mean, I, I think that's the job of you're working on the staff of any television show is you're, you're walking that line. And if you get hired and you're successful working for somebody, it means that you share uh, a sense of humor or a sense right. of drama. Right. And that's certainly, uh, you know, Seth and I don't agree on everything, uh, certainly, but we definitely have, we definitely think a lot of the same things are funny. Yeah. And so uh, that helps. How did that start the partnership with Seth McFarlane? How did that start with you? So I was out of work, uh, which I spent, you know, every year I've, I've been on like 15 television shows and they would all get canceled. Um, and uh, I was looking for a job and a writer, there's a writer by the name of Dan Palladino, who was um, married to Amy Sherman Palladino and they, they do uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and mm -hmm. Gilmore oh. Girls and uh, Dan was on Family Guy. He was the showrunner of Family Guy in the third in uh, the third season. And uh, Dan was about to leave to go do the Gilmore Girls with with Amy, which was just starting up. This is not like 1999 or 2000. And um, I was out of work and uh, getting a little desperate. I'm in this parking lot uh, in uh, <laughs> not not doing tricks or anything like that. I, was just, I just love a story that takes a turn to I was in a parking lot. I was in the parking lot. I was literally in this parking lot at the tower. What was the tower uh, records in on the corner of Sunset and uh, Vine? Laurel. No, it's the, uh, the you, there were two tower records. And one was like in in this mall in, in Hollywood. And um, I'm getting out of my car and I see Dan Palladino across across the parking lot. Now, Dan and I had worked together about eight years before and we hadn't seen each other in a long time, but we got along very well. I had no idea what Dan was doing, but anybody's a context. So I literally like do this jog to make it to that, that 
he will I will run into each other. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, hey, Dan. Hey, David, <laughs> wow. how are you? And it was literally. And if I had done that, I it would my life would have, you know, that's the hustle. Very different that's because, the hustle that it takes. Because Dan said, you know, I'm working on something, you, which I think you might be right for. Which I did not expect that it to be literally that <laughs> right. that he would say that. Yeah. And it was this show, Family Guy, which had just premiered. I hadn't seen it. Wow. And so then it looks like we're going to get picked up for a third season. So then he calls my agent, and I come in for this meeting, and I and I hadn't really seen the show. I saw a bit of it, but this is again, it's for the internet. And they had sent me these these uh, VHS tapes. Again, they were, they were physical tapes, kids. Uh, I, I bet they probably still have VCRs in Qatar. What do you think? <laughs> Definitely. I, I still have them in the palace. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I go to this meeting. It's me and Seth and Dan. And Seth is kind of quiet in the meeting. But Dan brings up that I'm a giant Star Trek fan, which he knew from when we worked together years before and says not nods and he smiles. And he said, he liked my spec script that I'd written, which was an everybody loves Raymond spec script. Oh wow! And then I go home and I've now I have these family guy episodes to watch on VHS and I'm watching them and I'm literally just like, I, I thought it was so funny. And I'm like literally whining to my wife. Oh God, I hope I get this job. <laughs> I hope this show is so good. I hope I get this. Job. And I did. Yeah. And I did. And uh, maybe it's good. You did, you hadn't watched it so much before the interview. Though, I mean, right? I, you know, whatever it, it, it is, what <laughs> it is. You would have been bouncing out of your chair. I know I would. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I did. I did not show like enormous, like, uh, it, so it worked out and, yeah, that show. I'm I'm so proud to. Of course, to get to be involved. It's, in I mean, yeah. it's one of the best shows ever, right? Yeah, I'm sure I'm speaking for everybody else, but anytime you're you haven't checked it out, Family Guy, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. if you want to laugh, you know, you want to just in case you escape, haven't heard, <laughs> reality, Family Guy is, is a good. I'm gonna check and see if we're on in Qatar. I guess the internet. <laughs> you can, they have the internet in Qatar, right? <laughs> I I think we're gonna be hearing a lot from our. Qatari audience. They have dial-up over there, but it's okay. I think it's nice we're paying attention to them. They're they're your big audience, and we're saying thank you, excited. Qatar. Yeah, That's yeah. exciting. It is even God gets excited. Good morning, Qatar. So obviously you've had a lengthy uh relationship with Fox Television since then, right? Um yes. and you you've is it so is it true that The Simpsons sat on the shelf for over a year before it got its start? Yeah, yeah, I heard that. I mean, that was um yeah, they had those first I don't know, six, not a very large number of episodes. It might've been just like six. And then they aired them and it was such a hit. They just, they just kept rerunning them all year. I mean, it was not a very long, because it takes a long time to, to do new ones. Right. Such a sensational, um, shift in the culture when that came in living color was also on the shelf for a while that's like right that. that's yeah. right yeah yeah, yeah. They, they they're two biggest hits oh and wow. married with children was something oh that wow. they wow. that they were not fans of either and you know <laughs> the three shows that ended up defining them right <laughs> but to their credit they did air them and then they recognized that they were you know so you can say they made a mistake but they didn't they they put those shows yeah, on they, the yeah. air and, you know yep yeah that's right. So if you're a show on the shelf right now, keep your faith. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so streaming services, let's talk about that. It's taken over. Now, you know, yeah. HBO Max is going to air all those movies next year, right, That's Jesus? Right. Yeah, the WB movies. How have you seen changes happening because of streaming? And will, you know, the content continue to adjust? Are you asking my role as president of the Writers Guild? Is that sort of what you're asking? Uh, well, we were getting know. there. We were getting to that point. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna talk about residuals maybe, but we'll get there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just you know I had a little help from the, with some of these questions from a talented uh, Moses. Okay, yeah, I, I think this <laughs> is, some of this is a little above my head, but I, I'm That's... like you know it's cool being on TV, right? <laughs> <laughs> ah, Moses. Um, Billy Crystal used to do a bit about Edward G. Right? Where's your Messiah now, Moses? Right, right. Anyway. Guitar will love that joke. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Uh, what I was going to say, oh, so the streaming, I mean, you know, it's very interesting uh, to me uh, in, I don't know if you're aware, in 2007, the Writers Guild went on strike. I heard. And, I heard about uh, that. You, you heard about that? Yeah. And uh, it's, I, I, at that point, I had just joined the board of directors, so I, I really didn't have anything to do with the decisions leading up to it, although I completely supported it. And because 
the basis of that strike was getting coverage for writers' uh, work that would be produced, uh, rerun and produced for what would become streaming services. But in 2007, there were no streaming services. In 2007, Netflix was, you get your DVD in the mail. Right. Um, yeah. And people forget that. <laughs> they, you know, that the Hulu, which was the first real streaming service, which was when it premiered, just reruns, uh, premiered the day the Writers Guild strike ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the studios knew exactly where, where this was going. And I always thank mm-hmm. God that the leadership and the staff of the guild did too, because it's the way that the way the business has changed, the way we view content now versus that 12 years ago is just unbelievable. Yeah. And 500 television shows, 500. There's so much. There's so much. I can't keep up, David. I can't keep up. Even God cannot keep I up. Even, I have nothing television. but time. I have like a three day weekend every weekend and I can't keep up. And it's like, I was just, I was just checking out their show last night on Netflix. Um, Big Mouth has anyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great show. Yeah, great show. Great. I love it. I love it. Right. Great animated show. Yeah. It's just, I was like, okay, 10 episodes. And it just it occurs to me, like, I think about the Simpsons and Family Guy slamming out, like, 25 episodes yep, right. a season. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, just, it's uh, you know, it's just a very... It's amazing. It's amazing in the way now, you know, you don't have long-running shows in the same way anymore. You, you know, yeah. and, and there's just always such new product. And, you know, that the, it, it's... Uh, there are going to be some big consequences. And I think that... COVID has ended up having uh, an unexpected effect on some of these streaming services that were right. just launching because uh, in order for these streaming services to launch, you need new product. And COVID put a sort of a, a break on that, uh, mm. on the making of new product. You know, um, uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see next year how, how all this shakes out to see which of these streaming services survive and which don't, because I don't think they all they will. They can't all survive. Yeah. I don't think they all will. Uh, on the other hand, I couldn't tell you which ones will. I mean, I, I think it's a good bet Netflix and Disney Plus will be fine, but mm-hmm. you just don't, you know, what what about the rest? Yeah, I mean, Peacock's got The Office and all those other shows that, that, that that's like the number one streaming show Right, yeah. not in the Mandalorian. Even to this day, it's amazing. That's it's and it's an amazing show. It's such an amazing show. I just got Moses to watch it like two weeks <laughs> right. ago. Just and began watching and he, it, and he's hooked. Of course, very, very hooked. Finally, listened to my recommendations. So now, <laughs> I know a guy who wrote for South Park. Okay, here we go. And of course, there was a time where fans and others felt there was a rivalry between South Park and Family Guy, which are obviously two completely different shows. What's your take on that whole? back and forth and by the way this writer from south park uh loves family guy and had absolutely nothing to do with that whole thing just put that in there <laughs> well you know they did that two-part family guy south park yeah right, if you right. saw that uh you know i think that i mean we i love south park i thought it was hilarious so did Seth. Right. uh you know so you know i think i we would read interviews Trey, and again this is just off interviews about Trey and matt and i think uh, it seemed to be the way I read it in the interviews was that Trey and Matt seemed to think, well, two things. I think that people would like cab drivers would say to them, I love your show and I love Stewie, you know, like, and they didn't like, they didn't like, why can't you just say you like our show, you know? And so, but, and then the other thing that, I mean, there was one quote that they gave, which I, we found kind of just like, per, you know, baffling because they would say, yeah. well, it's so clear that, you know, Family Guy is just like they're just lazy over there. They don't care about story. Oof, and I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm working pretty late. <laughs> I mean, yeah, was, yeah. It was, but that was it. I mean, you know, as a show, South Park's amazing. I mean, I remember again VHS tape. Uh, one the Chris the way that show got started was his VHS tape was copied and passed around of right. Santa Claus versus Jesus. Right. You, you remember that, Jesus? Yes, I do. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you loved it. And I can't, I couldn't believe it. I remember watching it at a friend's house and I couldn't believe how hilarious it was. And oh, yeah. 
So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's a rivalry between television shows? I mean, it's not, Uh, I don't even know what that is. I don't get it. I don't get where, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I thought it was just a joke when I watched the show. And then, like, yeah, I read some of those interviews and I was like, legitimate? Yeah, Yeah. trust me, I don't don't get it either. I do not get it either. I'm like, what? Come on. They're both amazing. It's like like Star Wars and Star Trek. There's no, you can love both of them. You know, they're both completely different worlds. And what you know, they're making people laugh in a way that they don't otherwise, yeah. which is right. just like gut right. busting. Both right. both shows. Yeah. So get along, everybody. Get I wish along. everybody could Let's be friends. Get along. Why can't everybody <laughs> be friends? Wisdom from God. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to the next season of the Orville. Yes. When is that gonna? Well, we literally just uh, started. We shut down filming season three when COVID started. And we just picked up last week. We just started wow. again. So we're filming under strict COVID uh, uh, restrictions. I'm not sure actually when we will mm-hmm. drop the season. It's going to take a while for, for us to finish given, you know, the limitations of, of, course. of COVID. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. I can't get enough. So God, it's your fault. <laughs> it's not my fault. It's you know, COVID. Kevin COVID, COVID's fault. It's what COVID. Like him? it's COVID. Some department you're not connected to. I don't yeah, understand. we've had. Yeah, we talked to uh, COVID sometimes on this on this show, and um, you know, I I blame COVID for everything. <laughs> right. Seems like COVID's your responsibility, God. But it's fine. Uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. Well, you know, you know how it is. Me and Jesus, we make these things, and uh, then science. <laughs> it's up to science to solve it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, little, it's a little game of it's a little game of cat and mouse we play. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, thanks, David. That was fascinating. Care to stick around for our Hanukkah celebration? Uh, And maybe. I'm happy to, yeah. And then some goddamn news. All right. It's time for Hanukkah. Today is the first day of Hanukkah. Tonight. Excuse me, the first night. (laughs) Fuck. Tonight's the first night of Hanukkah. Here to explain the story of Hanukkah is Moses. Hi, Moses. Hello. I'll I'll do what I can. Uh, Yeah, what's it all about? So Hanukkah is uh, a holiday which celebrates the victory of Jewish people over the much larger Syrian army. Wait, 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 wait. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, is is this okay? So it's, well, it's like a war of Hanukkah. It just just strikes me as well. Violent for a holiday story, Moses? Hanukkah. So you're starting out. Hanukkah is about celebrating a bloody war victory. Is that right? Yeah. Well, what about the kids? What if there are kids listening? Well, good. So hopefully there are because this is very important. So like I was saying, my people had just hacked and slashed their way to victory, decapitated a bunch of heathens, and afterwards it was a party time. Yeah. So um, they wanted to rededicate their temple. That's what Hanukkah means, by the way, rededication. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't realize that. Is right. that like your word of the week? <laughs> sure. Something <laughs> like that. So, so anyway, back in the temple, a miracle happened. It did? Yeah. A, what what was that? A bunch of candles kept burning for eight days on very little fuel. Whoa! Yeah, right. Isn't that incredible? It's beautiful. Damn right. That's like that's like when you're driving and your tank is on empty, right? And you have to get home, and you're like, "I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna make it." Holy shit! Yeah, I'm not gonna fucking make it. It's on empty, and yeah. then you do. <laughs> Pretty much like that. So, and, and that was your doing, right? You did that miracle. Uh, I did. Uh, cause no, I don't remember that. Maybe that was just some like really dank oil. Possibly. Sure. Or maybe the oil was like so soaked in blood, you know, it just held out longer. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, well, in any case, that's the story of Hanukkah. We celebrate the miracle of- Wait, 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 wait. Who was in charge of the oil? Why? I just feel like, um, that's an easy miracle to fabricate. You know, like if someone wanted to, they could, for example, just keep adding oil every day. And say there okay, was very right. little oil okay. that kept can, going. Can I, could I just continue the story? Or are you going to ruin it? Okay, okay. Okay, so again, that's the story of Hanukkah. We celebrate the liberation of Jerusalem from those filthy Zeus worshipers. And the miracle of the candles stay lit for a long time. Ohio. Yes, so happy Hanukkah. And may you be blessed, you and yours, with spitting tops, chocolate golden coins, and hearts full to overflowing with love and goodwill for all. And sword strikes to the belly of the enemy. 
<laughs> Happy Hanukkah, motherfucker! Chaka! How was that, everybody? That was pretty weird, right? That was, <laughs> was kind of weird. That was that was uh, that was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> What's in the the me damn news this week, Jesus? Last week, we had on Rudy's star witness, Melissa Carone, and now she yes. says that she wasn't drunk during the voter fraud hearings. What? I don't believe that for a second. She, she was just on the this show last week, and she admitted to being drunk all the time. Yeah. I mean, you can just tell the way she's speaking. We should play a clip from her. You know what else was a fraud by Mr. Johannesburg Biden? <laughs> <laughs> You read the Johannesburg Biden Bible? Is that it? Yeah. You know what? And I read it. And you know what? That whole thing's off. Yeah. What's off about it? What's off? But how? I don't know. How about we start off at page one? That's right. 100%. (laughs) What? Okay. Come on. 100% of the pages are in the Bible. Doesn't that seem suspicious to you? (laughs) Is she drunk? Are you drunk already? I can't even follow you. No, 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 no. The allegations. Well, speaking of this alleged voter fraud, the Supreme Court has denied Trump's request to stop the Pennsylvania election results from becoming official. The Supreme (laughs) Court, they actually just issued a one-line order saying, we're not touching this. Please get out of here. That was so good. (laughs) That was so good because they were bigging it up all day. They had like pictures of Amy Covid Barrett with like. You know, the, the laser beams coming out of her eyes. Didn't like, Trump retweet that? Didn't yes. he tweet yes. out that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. The president I don't know tweeted why. Good Lord. And then like an hour later, they were like, nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get, get fucked. Yeah. None of these justices wrote a dissent. I don't think either. They just didn't want to waste their time with this. So Trump is having a bad week and he held a Medal of Freedom ceremony in the Oval Office and he abruptly left confusing the person he was honoring it was that was great there was like a room full of children and he looked like he was one of them (laughs) (laughs) and then he just walked out i here i could play the clip because this poor dan gable just doesn't know what to do thank you very much so trump walks out fuck dan gable fuck him congratulations he's gone kind of hard to hear but he says he's gone he throws his hand yeah they all start laughing and he just literally puts up his arms like what do do i do now yeah that's literally that's what he did (laughs) (laughs) there's also another picture of like this kid lying on the floor yes yeah that picture is so memorable exactly there's a kid lying on the floor screaming and there's trump staring off into some random direction yeah (laughs) Just Somebody said like it's he, like a it's like a Renaissance painting kind of thing. It's like, it's like he's one of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> so he's having a real one. Uh, what else happened? Jesus? Yeah, he's getting desperate. He's trying to figure out how to win. So he literally called for the election to be overturned. He just tweeted hashtag overturn. <laughs> <laughs> just left it at that. that. Works. I don't know. Twitter marked that. Did they mark that as like fuck you, Trump? Or pretty much. Yeah. They need to start. They're saying all. That. All his tweets are getting that. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be great? Just like shut the fuck up. They should really have more fun with those. Like shut the fuck up already. Um. <laughs> so so he he hates Twitter. He wants to get it shut down. Yeah, because of yeah. Christians are trying to help him as well. They plan to walk in circles seven times to overturn the election results. What? What? Wait, where where are they going to do that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. In front of the White House. Uh, around the schoolyard in michigan i don't know <laughs> wow you know if you if you, if you used to walk around the schoolyard one time with somebody you, you were married is that right? is that like a is that like a candy man in the mirror kind of thing? <laughs> exactly <laughs> on exactly. full house you walked around like a kitchen island and like uh DJ was married to somebody. <laughs> Do you guys remember that? That's where this is coming that. from. Yeah. That's where this is all coming from. So they're walking around in circles. Uh, mumbling shit to themselves like he won, he won. Oh, hashtag overturn. Hashtag, wow. hashtag overturn. Um, it's it's equally parts hilarious and terrifying. It's it's interesting because like I'm of the kind that just wants to laugh at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but there's people like funny at a point. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's people like don't laugh. This is serious. They're you know, and I'm like, yes, it is serious. But they did lose. This is one um, of the things I don't understand. I've never understood about uh, Christians. Yeah, uh, is that I, I it's so clear 
Trump hates Christians. Yeah. Right. I mean, he makes it so clear. Yeah. And, and they don't seem to get it. They seem to I know. It. It's yeah. it's almost like like uh there's something wrong with their their minds. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like once you like detach from reality a little bit, like it's so much easier to slide down yeah. and just detach completely. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, Somebody should really do something about that. I, I guess uh, you wouldn't have a job if if the minds work. Right. <laughs> and why do they love me so much? Anyway. Uh, so, exactly. They're walking around in circles, bumping into walls. Ugh. They're losing their minds. Wow. You know, <laughs> you, you love to see it. I mean, what did we think was going to happen, right? Yeah. It's, we've been saying the whole time it's a cult. Like, what happens? But it's also it's, like, I mean, it's not, it's a cult, but then you also have like 17 states joining Texas's lawsuit. Yeah, like how does that overturn the election? Like that's not a cult. That's like that. that, uh, (laughs) Seventeen. Is it like the 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 attorney generals in those states all signed on to it? Yeah, it's for this symbolic gesture. I mean, but it's like (laughs) it's so fucking sad. It's it's like get over it. it, It's weird too because we end up being in our bubble, and that's what scares me so much. Is that yeah, I don't even understand anymore what's going on <laughs> right you know it's it's the five stages of grief you know i guess they're just completely they were they were so far up their own ass yeah they have to like crawl through the bowels yeah the sixth back, stage of grief is going around in circles is basically yeah. what it is yeah so i mean they're drinking the kool-aid they're not wearing masks they're way past the Kool-Aid on this. I mean, <laughs> let's let's talk about yeah. I mean, th- all of these things are connected. They don't they don't want to believe this. They don't want to believe that. They don't believe in science. They don't believe in math. Um, <laughs> Biden's gonna have to disinfect the White House, right? Oh, Jesus? this is so funny. There's a new report. <laughs> They're gonna have the entire East and West Wing showered with disinfectant right after Trump leaves. Wow. I mean, oh it God. makes perfect sense. I mean, to be fair, even if he was like, you know. Whoever it was, they should do this. Yes. But literally, the White House is like a super spreader area. Yeah. They need to burn down the White House and just rebuild it. I don't know if I think that's right. I think I think they just burn it down. I think it's like redo. You keep keep one wall so the zoning thing you don't have to pay for zoning. (laughs) Everything else, like um, what should they rebuild it at? Rebuild it as. What do you think? We could make, you know, it could be cooler. It could look like something out of Star Trek this time. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you know what we bet? If they built it as the Hall of Justice, that would be really cool. Oh, yes. brilliant. Yes. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. Burn down the White House, rebuild it as the Hall of Justice. Way cooler. The Secret Service is going to come to us now because we said right. burn down the White House. So hard turn here, folks, in the COVID-19 news. We need to um, talk about this. 3, the U.S. is breaking records in terms of the daily number of deaths that are reported. And like you just said, they hit 3,000 deaths on December 9th. That is more than the number of people who were lost on 9-11. That number was wow. 2,977. Wow. It's really insane and sad. And they what's, what's the most infuriating thing of all, besides the fact that this is all happening, is the way that they react to it, that the way that they react to it, the Trump supporters, like if you lived through the 2000s, which many of you did, even if you never used a VCR, you, <laughs> um, you know how they reacted to 9-11, mm-hmm. right? It's a matter of historical record. Yeah. Never forget, America, bomb the shit out of them, turn the Middle East to glass. And now it's every single day, and they're like, who the fuck cares? It's just old people. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that that's also uh, a function of who's reporting on it. I mean, I think that Fox News isn't, isn't, isn't reporting on it. Newsmax and OAN are not talking about how many people are dying. They're not talking about the uh, healthcare workers who are exhausted watching, you know, they're saying you don't have to wear a mask. Like, what's to be done about these misinformation networks? I, I, I don't know. It's it, it is literally the scariest thing. Job one is just saying something has to be done because other countries would not allow this shit. And you know maybe they're right. I know the First Amendment. Okay, but this is this is killing people. Tell Hollywood. 
Get it done. <laughs> You're the president, right? You're the president. I'm president of Hollywood. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that was that was what Moses told and, me. And I have as much power as you do, God. So there. <laughs> so it's exactly all of it. Trump is celebrating Hanukkah too. How do you feel about that, Moses? Um, how do you think I feel about that? I don't. We really need to get into it right now. Okay. But yeah, about his party. His, he had a Hanukkah party. Yeah, uh, I take it no social distancing or masks being worn. And yeah. he told attendees that he'll win the election in a landslide on mm. the day deaths go over 3,000. What? Wow. Wow. Wait, he said that? No, 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 no. That's not. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The, he, uh, you're reading the headline. No, oh, sorry. Jesus. The, the headline is Trump tells Hanukkah party guests he'll win election in landslide. On day, deaths oh, oh, go over three thousand. I freaked God. out on the like, same what? day. On the same day, so oh. exactly, the delusion knows <laughs> no bounds. I just commas. got it. Commas, commas, and quotes are. But you know, with there. Trump, it's okay, Jesus, because this you that know, wouldn't surprise you. Can believe me, anything, right? You can believe anything, right? Yeah, he did say at this event, and we can listen to it. That um, well, here, let's listen to what he said at this. I'm, I'm good. You're good. I'm you don't. Good. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> No, Vito, Vito. How about uh, Deanna Lorraine? Oh, yeah. Uh, Everybody remember her? She's She yeah. says she's not going to take the COVID-19 vaccine, even if I, Jesus, take it. Trump, probably 80% of your base does not want that vaccine. They are not willing to take a foreign rushed substance and jab it into our arms. I don't care who takes it. I don't care if Jesus takes it. I'm not <laughs> taking the vaccine. And it's weird and, and it, it makes me feel uncomfortable that President Trump is jumping on the bandwagon with Obama and the Clintons <laughs> and Bill Gates. Ugh. Wow. Fine, don't take it. Wow. <laughs> you do you, girl. Yeah, she lost her. Uh, she ran for Congress, lost. And she's also a well-known, well-known in her circles, a motivational speaker for dating. <sighs> what? So, oh, yeah, yeah. She's got a failed oh. dating business. Yeah. Lord. Yeah. <sighs> Well, you know, I, I, what, anyway, how do you feel, Jesus? What would Jesus do? Should she take it? Yes, she should take it. I'm going okay. to take it to encourage others yeah. to take it. Just, but you're going to let other people get it first, right? Because, you know, yeah. my you, favorite, can't, you can't be killed. Yeah, my favorite quote from that was when she goes, it's just weird. <laughs> She's like, what an argument. <laughs> it's just weird. Yeah, I'm just not going to take it. It's weird. Taking a needle um, and jamming it in there, it's just weird. Who does that? does that oh these, these fucking idiots Go on, Jesus. <laughs> a pastor celebrates <sighs> the covid outbreak at his church by proclaiming the favor of god is on this house wow no no <laughs> no <laughs> what the fuck so they all are catching covid and he's like this means the favor of god now yeah uh, no no, How, no. <laughs> the, the stupid just never ends it's just infinite. It's just, you think you, you think you found the bottom and it just keeps going. And speaking of that, there's this next one, which is just so stupid. You're going to have to play it, the clip. Just play the clip, Jesus. Don't even read the headline. We don't have the vibrational frequency to hold, host that virus. And I taught her that. So if you, if you don't have that vibra vibrational frequency right here, you're not going to get it. Yeah. I, you, we don't have the vibrational frequency to get COVID? Correct. Do you know that everything in this universe vibrates and is alive? <laughs> there is life with that. That's what I'm talking about. I don't put life into COVID. I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask either. either. I never wear a mask. mask. We're not going to wear them. Wow. That second woman is so proud. I taught her that. I taught her I that. I know. That's the best part. <laughs> it's the dumbest fucking thing ever. Where, and she's where, so proud. Where was that clip from? Like a Trump rally. <sighs> They're wearing Trump flags around their bodies. Was that like a Daily Show interview or something? No, something yeah, like basically. That. Well, th there's these um, this group called um, the Good Liars, right? And they, they sort of do Daily Show type of things like that. Uh, they interview Trump supporters. So that's they're the ones interviewing these people and finding... This shit, and she said, "There's there <laughs> everything in the universe vibrates, so vibrating frequency mm. keeps it away." Well, I hope mm. she, I hope for her sake, she's right. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Good. Yeah, but, but she's not. How did she learn her vibrational frequency? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You know how. <laughs> <laughs> 
We don't want to. Oh, we don't want to. Jesus. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I haven't used one, but I've heard things. <laughs> okay, TMI. All right. Well, wow. Wow. I think it's time for a new commandment, gang. Hit us. Ooh. Thou shalt stop fucking embarrassing me. <laughs> okay, now, you know, hold on. this one seems pretty simple. So I thought it could be left unsaid, but apparently you humans need everything spelled out for you in English because you're too close-minded to use Duolingo for more than a week. Listen, to stop fucking embarrassing me. This is getting out of hand. When I created you guys, I was under the impression this was going to be like a sea monkey situation. But no, you assholes had to evolve and learn to walk and reproduce and say dumb shit online and bring me into it like it was my idea. Do you know how fucking humiliating it is for me to meet fellow omnipresent all-knowing beings from other galaxies only to have them laugh in my face? Because you dummies think you can walk in circles and undo basic math. Do you know the friends I've lost because you off-brand factory reject real dolls think COVID is caused by vibrations from wearing a piece of fabric over the holes in your stupid faces? So many friends. (laughs) I used to be verified on Facebook. It's true. Look it up. Joe Rogan is verified on Facebook right now, but not me. All because you Guess who card-looking motherfuckers want to snort alpha brain instead of using your actual goddamn brain? Stop embarrassing me in front of my friends. Or I'll delete this Sims game and start over with a new batch of horny little pixel people. The Lord has spoken. For an extra 90 minutes of The God Pod every week, Visit patreon.com slash thegodpod and pledge today. In addition to many more episodes of the show, you'll also be helping us grow. Thanks, humans. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.